Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The Square Ball Podcast. Propaganda is brought to you with Levi Solicitors. There's a 10% discount on legal fees at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. 15% on conveyancing instructions received before the end of January 2022. Dan, Michael, and Moscow with you. Usual three in the studio on YouTube and uh, in your podcast app as well. And Propaganda is the show where we find out what's been said about Leeds United in reaction to the most recent game, both by you and by the opposition fans. West Ham away, FA Cup, stuff what came into us. First half of this is then the uh, the feedback from Leeds fans and our TSB Plus members who gave us their feedback on what we said on the match ball, their thoughts on the game, and um, the stadium came in for quite a lot of stick. So let's take some cheap shots at West Ham for their stadium. Well... Who was it who badged it? Who was it who oversaw the move to that stadium, by the way? <laughs> uh, well, yes. I mean it was free. That's the thing. I'm a cheap man and I can I can look at it and go, well, it's not great, but it was cheap. You so. you went to see late stage Guns N' Roses in this stadium, didn't you? <laughs> I which did, yeah. which was better? Guns N' Roses, um, with Axel absolutely ruined, <laughs> or this game on Sunday. He was in his Thomas Brolin phase, was was Axel at the time. Um In case anyone is has missed the meeting on this, it was Angus Kinnear, who was in charge of West Ham moving from the Belinger, the beloved Berlin ground in the heart of the local <laughs> the, community. The, the, I thought you were going to say the Belinger in then. <laughs> um, Belinger Carlisle. The Belinger Carlisle ground to, uh, to some uh, free athletic stadium in the middle of nowhere next to a shopping centre. So we can only hope that when it comes to Elland Road's redevelopment, Kinnear remembers all that he did during that process. Do not want an athletics does, track. Does none of it. Yeah. yeah, that it's a big tick list of things not to do in Yorkshire. But unless it's free. And we'll take Even it if, if it's free, no. I don't want an athletics track and I don't want to be looking on a... I mean, admittedly, I, I wasn't there. I was here. But the photos of the flat roofs yeah. were bad enough. Because they were sort of singing and dancing about the um, getting the seats closer to the to the like the touchlines and the goal line, weren't they? So mm. now we've, we've actually, we've listened to your feedback and we've put seats in um, and they have but what they've done is they've created a massive void behind the seats now in front of the scoreboards where it's just like it, someone described it as a tennis court didn't they it was that big I mean if you could sing and dance on them great because it's a big surface you could have a roller rink there but as it is it's an impractical just blank space it does weird things with your head because I think you imagine that to be a smaller space than it is from the perspective of the photos but then you see the people and you realise this is a this is a huge space. These are like I think, I think these Moscow's, are like five a side pitch. Moscow's roller disco thing is, is. is the closest thing I've I've seen mm. to it because it's got barriers all around the edges. It's a smooth flat surface. Get people going around, double yeah. your income. 
Like yeah. Ken, Ken Bates was always about income streams, wasn't mm. he? And With the stadium. Those, um, did Charlton did it for a while during their, the lowest point of their regime. So you had um, at one end of the stadium was people throwing tennis balls on the pitch trying to get the game called off. But then in one corner, they had a sofa where competition winners got to watch the game <laughs> while sitting on a couch. You could turn that flat roof area if a roller rink is somehow considered impractical by the health and safety police. Then do it like an everyman cinema where it's big, comfortable seats, like big sofas that you can sink into and watch the game. Just But just having that big blank area isn't good. You don't really see this on TV that much, do you? I think which is probably the key to it is that they've come up with a solution and gone, will it look really crap on telly? And they're like, no, because of the angles. Yeah, you probably won't see it too much, but when you actually see it from the angle of paying supporters, Jesus Christ! I mean, it's, it's the, bad, isn't it? It's someone's um, someone had tweeted a, with with a, a picture of why it looks like this, and it's you can Nathan, see it's Nathan Lufc Lamb who tweeted this out. Yeah, you can and you can see it's basically just a big platform they built over the proper seats. The athletic seats are underneath it, aren't they? Yeah, just don't don't play in an athletic stadium. I almost feel this is worse than just playing in an athletic stadium and accepting a big running track. Mm. Is this weird expanse of just plastic? Like I don't know what it is. I mean, none of this, like none of plastic, this, like plastic pavings. I think is what it is. None of this is going to be news to West Ham's fans, is it? They all know. No. They don't. They don't particularly like it as a stadium. But it's weird, isn't it? How since the move there, it's coincided with the real uptick in their fortunes, mm. which is uh, bizarre in itself. But yeah, it's that's an, it's, it is an awful ground. You are so far from the the opposite end. I mean, the the picture is from N eleven whites that that are put on the prep sheet, and you genuinely can hardly see the far end of the of the pitch from there it's ridiculous is it just me is it just that photo that's squashed or is it is the angle of the seats really shallow as well because football stadiums tend to go more vertical than that don't Mm. they I know there's obviously a a maximum allowable angle for health and safety reasons or whatever but it does feel like a very very smooth gradient does that it's almost like it's an athletic stadium at least we don't have to play there on on the regular Mm. obviously we are at the moment at the moment yes we are but um yeah, I think it's done some weird things to their support as well, which we'll, we will come on to in a bit. Yeah, it's been gentrified, hasn't it, essentially? But that's, I guess that's what happens when you move to a big posh shopping centre. Hmm. In terms of the football then, what do people say? Lack of creativity and front man. Is that like uh, the difficult third album or whatever it is? I mean, band starts to go to shit. I mean, the difficulty they're talking about here is... Um, it's a difficult second album, is that it? Greenwood had a difficulty playing as our number nine because maybe he's not suited to it. Um, and the good news is... Um, he won't be doing that now. <laughs> he won't be doing that again. No. Um, yeah, and Ender saying that he, he thought the comments on Greenwood were spot on, that he had no support and he's not a number nine. Um, and comparing him to Antonio, who is incredibly good at it. He's like ridiculously good at it, considering he was a fullback for half his career and then a winger for a bit of it. And then they've gone, actually, you could probably just play up front, couldn't you? And he just seems to have grasped it really quickly. It is a real symptom of this season, I think, that we've looked on many, many occasions quite toothless without Bamford. So... Good luck with that for the rest of the season <laughs> and all that. Not to be too bleak about it because we understand there's an injury crisis going on, but I think we've, we can now... Can we accept that this squad has not stood up that well to the rigours of the season? And I know this is always with the aid of hindsight, but you know we're going back to a point we've made loads, haven't we, about or that's been said lots over the last three years. Were you predicting 10 players out at once in summer? No, but people were... predicting all four strikers to be injured and then the reserve striker to be injured? How many strikers did you want? But equally, we can't pretend that there weren't plenty of people saying, God, that squad looks really, really thin. And I think it's also the fact that if you do start to get injuries, that what you're falling back on is kids who are like like Greenwood. I know we'd never anticipate being 
four strikers down, which is in, absolutely insane. So but, you can't have a go at somebody for not anticipating it if you can never anticipate yeah, it. About what I'm saying, they should have been prepared for something that nobody would have anticipated. But lots of people did. The fan base did. Everyone said nobody that anticipated squad. all four strikers being no, injured at once. We're not doing this again. No, 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 they didn't. But <laughs> everyone said that the squad was lacking quality or too thin. Well, not everybody. That's not fair. A large proportion of people aired their fears, and it, unfortunately, those fears have been proved right this time, but not in previous seasons. Nobody was frightened of losing all four strikers at once, though. I think people were frightened, however, of saying that is Tyler Roberts a good enough backup? And he's which not. Which he has been. Which, well... Well, no, he doesn't score, it, does he? He doesn't score. But if you look at his, and then Gelhart, we kind of have now got some faith in, but at the start of the season, you wouldn't have necessarily been able to say he was one of our main strikers. And also, and Greenwood was nowhere near. So no, nobody predicted, predicted the exact set of circumstances, but it was just people generally airing fears about the depth and the quality in the squad. Unfortunately, an extraordinary injury crisis has meant that we have been left So they've been sure. proved right by incredibly extreme, unforeseeable circumstances. No, I think people were worried about Bamford being injured, was the top and bottom of it, because people didn't think there was enough quality underneath him. Mm. Which I think which is, could, is, which is, is Which is point. brought about by one injury, not by... Obviously, it's made worse by the fact that we're now... We have layered injury upon injury, but I think that was the that was the main fear. Um, Wasn't it the midfield was the main fear? I don't remember anybody I mean, about, saying we needed to find another striker. But we're talking about strikers now. I think people, I think people did say we might need Which more people? strikers. Well, why don't you tell us what we're allowed to predict or say that people thought, and then we'll, well, we'll, know, we'll agree that you were the, right. Well, I don't it, see it, the value it, in hindsight of saying that something that was absolutely unforeseeable proves people right, and then so what? I, okay. think, I think a lot of people have said that we haven't got a. Enough strength in depth. Enough, enough quality backup for Bamford. I think a lot of people said that. Okay. And so what? So we have another this striker, it would yeah. be a yeah, we better sit, now. We sit and talk about it. We're in the transfer window. We might as well just shut it all down. Let's talk about how well the youngsters did or didn't do as well because um, West Ham Ralph said they did all right. Jack wasn't so convinced. Yeah, Jack's in the gulf between under-23s and first-team football. Which is, yeah. I, I mean, I thought Hilda did very well. Bate was fine, I thought. For, didn't really see enough to kind of make a judgment on him, but he looked tidy enough, didn't he? I thought. Yeah, it is. It's very difficult for him to come into this team as well because it's it's not like you're you're dropping. If you just drop bait into an otherwise full strength Leeds team, he probably looks better than he did there. But as it is, he's coming, kind of coming into a, a patched up team with without a real focal point, without Rafinha to give the ball to. It's um, yeah, it's it's kind of harder for him. But I thought I thought overall they all I thought they all did all right. Yeah, they were in a difficult position because it's right down the middle, isn't it? Striker. Midfield defender, we had a, a child in each one, and then the second half when um, Furpo went off, and there were only so many places Dallas could be at once. And so Cody Drama's at right back. It sort of it was we did get better because the circumstances of the game meant West Ham wanted to defend their place in the fourth round, and we had um, a little bit more momentum as it went on. But that's just kind of like end of a cup tie situation rather than Drama and Somerville being game changes although Somerville played very well when he came on yeah on the um, the kind of shoehorning of people into positions as well against Burnley we mentioned how we managed to make subs without Dallas moving uh, West Ham Ralph pointing out in this one we had to move Dallas twice Yeah, so he, he did the three positions in this game and there's Rafinha as well who ended up in central he was in deep line central midfield at one point in that second half I think when we made one I've lost track of all the subs there were so many but we seemed to sort of sacrifice a defensive the midfield position and just start pushing forward but then Rafinha was dropping back and trying to pick up the ball and make stuff happen from deep and his influence has gone off the boil a little bit Nathan and Nathaniel presume they're different people have um, flagged this one up saying his, his influence has waned a little bit in recent weeks yeah yeah I think it's fair and if people have wanted to see him play centrally as well and it didn't it didn't really work there's it's, a difference I think though between being tucked in 
behind the front man and then yeah. and being where Adam Forshaw normally is. And it? the whole thing would become a bit of a shambles by then because everyone had everyone had moved. I think we underestimate how difficult it is probably to have the end team on the pitch as entirely different. Everyone in different positions, completely different personnel, all reshuffled from the start. It's probably not um and that is not the that argument, easy to just it's the argument against the five subs, which is what you made on the on the match ball actually, Moscow, is like changing half a team, it changes the complexion of the game completely. And it only really benefits clubs like Liverpool and Manchester City who have another full team of internationals and expensive players on the bench, which Jurgen Klopp thinks is an absolute sickening outrage that he should have to consider ever using. But actually, it's fine as long as they're not all, you know, pretending they've got COVID. Mm. And the other thing with with Overlook when people like Klopp are moaning about it as well is that these are clubs that have been at the top of the the league for years so they've got a really really well funded youth system so it's not even comparable to our youth system because we've essentially tried to pick this up from scratch a few years ago where it it had been massively underfunded loads of players from the area been recruited to Man City and like Man United and Liverpool across taking across there all of the best players so we've had to try and build this up from scratch and as you can see our actual under 23s the ones who are breaking through Cresswell aside are basically people we've bought Mm -hmm. so it's not it's not like we've had the development of of this in the same way as someone like Liverpool. Yeah, another, so another five years might Klopp be different. Can, Klopp can shut up, basically. <laughs> Did you see him moaning at a journalist this week because someone asked him about his injury crisis he had last season he just completely went off at him. Mm. I mean, it was it was a bit of a daft question but don't be a dick. Marcelo's not a dick, is he? And he's the gold standard and all that. The FA Cup itself was mentioned by a few people. Uh, Joe lamenting, I think as we were in the run-up to this, that it's a shame we don't give a shit about the FA Cup. But then John P does come in saying, who gives a shit about the FA Cup anyway? Um, the magic of the Cup is Kidderminster beating boring, boring Reading. Mind you, you've seen the draw for the fourth round, of course. Kidderminster, West Ham, it would have been us going to Kidderminster and, and a, bana- losing. a banana skin. Mm, but again, that's, that, it is terribly defeatist, isn't it, that we even had to think that, that, that the Leeds United fear can grip us in such a way. But um, I mean, in a different you know. season, like last season, it's a shame that we went out to Crawley, not just the way we did, but at all, because we were in a much more comfortable situation. And it felt like, oh, let's have a cup run and use the momentum that we had off the back of promotion and in the season that we had, see how far we could go in a, a cup. This season, it's not the time for a cup run. And it's just kind of, and Kidderminster are there to beat us had we got through. <laughs> like, that's absolutely the lowest ranked team left in the competition, sixth tier, Kidderminster. It's, um, it's their place as well, isn't it? So it just, we know that they, they been, play in uh, all red like Crawley did as well. It's just too many. It's too close to home. Yeah, we know that would have been on TV, and we know we would have lost that game. So it is. There are some seasons where it's best avoided, and it's a shame as well. With it being fiftieth anniversary of the one time when we did win the FA Cup, so the poetry and the romance was all there for us to do it again in twenty twenty two. But frankly, sod it. It doesn't matter, and especially I think as well we lost a bit from having to play West Ham when we had them in the league as well. I think that's his, that took something from it too because it just turned into kind of a rehearsal for yeah, the weekend. That's not as important as that one. Mm. The VAR and the refereeing, we sort of did to death on the match ball. A lot's been said about it. We probably don't need to retread all the same points. One of the things that was brought up on the live televised games over the weekend, I think, um, was it Lineker discussing this with, uh, it was Alan Shearer, wasn't it, on the BBC, uh, saying that only nine of the 32 third round games were using VAR. Is that right? It seems Do daft, you care? It seems daft not to use it when it's there, I suppose, doesn't it? It seems, it's like saying if we're going to be wrong, we'll be consistently wrong. I mean, I would get rid of it in all FA Cup ties and all uh, uh, Premier League Premier League ties <laughs> and 
all World Cup and Euros, etc. Just because I think I think that that decision highlighted why it's annoying because you get you have to get a the explanation. You get, Do you, you see have the to, explanation? You have to get doubly annoyed. Whereas it's better if that was just given as a goal. Normally, you would look it back at it and you go, "Oh well, yeah." It probably was offside, but you know, it all happened really quick. There's people running across from various We've angles. It's been done by human error. There's a touch of the defender. You know, you've got a linesman and a referee trying to keep an eye on all this at once. Like, you can accept it's more or less impossible. Whereas when someone's gone and watched it for like three and a half minutes and then come back and goes, oh, yeah, yeah, goal. And, and, becomes... tried to, and tried to find a reason to not rule it out. Or, and then you we're getting into all that. It's all, it's all down to terminology and wording, isn't it? Like um, the clear and obvious error becomes the the, the test. Although for like, offsides, it's not a clear and obvious error. It's a it's a technical decision, isn't offside? Oh, is it? I mean, yeah, again, but it just so. seems such a faff. Like, cause, so so you're you're telling me that that is an easier or a, a better system than a human error in real time, human eyes, you know, looking across the pitch. The ref also there. There's two of them. Okay, fine. They didn't manage to keep up with it. We've been done out of a goal there. But then you've got computers, lines. Yeah, people I, sat in a room. It's how much does it cost? Was it 18, 19 grand? Henry Winter broke the cost out. It's not. It's nine grand, isn't it? Sorry, split between the both clubs. I was thinking half the cost. And, it, uh, is it nine grand per club? I can't remember. Something, something whatever it is. It's they too, have to pay to have it switched on. Too expensive. Um, and just it just seems stupid, doesn't it? That they can still not do the obvious. Although, thing. The obvious although thing we'll is, hit, he's offside. We'll hear from West Ham fans who disagree. What think he's onside? So. But well, they would because it's benefited them. I know, that, but that's I what guess, football but fans I, do, isn't it? But are we on the other side of that? I mean, no, I think it is offside. Right. Well, I think we are. I didn't, I didn't hear any ex-professionals saying it wasn't offside. It's also the utter pedantry of it, which for some reason seems to have been really ramped up in the FA Cup matches. They seem to spend a lot longer on our decision and then the scum game um, against Aston Villa when they were ruling out the Villa goal and three and a half minutes over it. You know, there haven't been many times in Premier League matches that I'm aware of, where it's taken that long to rule a goal out. And the Villa one, where they went from uh, is such and such offside, has such and such touched the ball right here, to suddenly they're looking at somebody blocking uh, Cavani on the edge of the penalty area. And so it was kind of like they were working backwards through every possible way of ruling it out. And I think with the what I wrote in the report about our game was it felt like if VAR hadn't been switched on for the West Ham game, that assistant referee has to make the decision and I think they probably give it offside and no goal because it then took so long to work out that there'd been this tiny little touch and all the things to work out that it that they didn't want it to stand or that they thought it should not stand, that it would be, or sorry, that it should stand, that it seems the on-pitch decision felt much more likely to, to disallow it. Should they set a time limit then or should they just I've, do away with it? I've always thought the best use of VAR would be they get the people in the Stockley Park get to watch it again and if they can't make their mind up you just carry on so they get one more look or a time limit or whatever rather than spending three and a half minutes I was half interested in the the scum game last night the second half at least because I've been watching the under 23s but when that was gone I turned it off it's like I'm not interested in sitting here watching people stand because that's all anybody was doing was just standing about and you know, I've no sympathy for people who choose to go to Old Trafford and watch a football match, but there's no screens in there, so there's nothing for them. There's no information to fans in Old Trafford as to what's going on because the, the place is so laughably awful that it doesn't even have a television. And all that stuff just becomes incredibly boring. If there was a time limit where they just have to go, right, you've got 20 seconds to work out if there's a problem, and then you carry on. 
But I quite like the original time limit referees had, which was just doing it then. Mm. Your time limit's about two seconds to look at something and you go, yep. Yeah. I don't, yep, that's a given. That's not that's a free kick, not a free kick. I don't mind another like another angle because I think that's the benefit of replays is you get to see another angle mm. that, that isn't available to the referee. So you can say, oh, there was no... That's We sometimes talk about it when we're imagining the communication coming from Stockley Park. You need, if they're watching the game on TV screens, they can go, oh, did you see him punch him? He'd be like, no, right, you need to give a free kick. That kind of stuff that the referee hasn't got a clue of being able to see. But I think what happened in our game at West Ham is that the assistant didn't give a decision because they know VAR is there and they'll go through mm. it with a fine-tooth comb to find whatever they can find. So they just keep the flag down and don't get involved and leave it up to them. And I think it should be down to the make a sodding decision. I think the problem with the time limit would be that if you set it for like 20 seconds and you, or 30 seconds, you don't get to see every replay. It might be that just after that 30 seconds, TV are then showing a more conclusive angle and then everyone's going, oh, well, they've, but even if they'd still, waited another 10 seconds and they got that right. A minute, but, let's say. I, mean, I know we're just plucking arbitrary figures here, but yeah. a minute rather than, let's say, three and a half is the point, isn't it? Like, if you can't make a decision within a minute, then just yeah. on-field Carry decision on. stands. You get a slow-mo. Couple, a couple of angles from a slow-mo to see if you can spot anything that needs looking at. Because how many of us on. sat here, and the same applies to the listener as well, sat there and hadn't formed a judgment based on the first replay within about 20 seconds. Yeah. And also, it, it came down to that it distorts what they're actually looking at because they ended up making that decision somehow on it being that tiny little touch and who got the, the toe on the ball, which then obliterates the principle, which was Jared Bowen was offside and he went for the ball. Mm. Yeah, that that's should have been end, enough. End of story. Yeah. 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 So you don't need long to look at that. And it and the linesman not making that decision, he was offside and he went for the ball, challenging the goalkeeper. Which is what the human decision on field is. Yes. That's what they do. They say, oh, he was offside at that moment. And then we get this inhuman, well, if we freeze frame it exactly there, we can see a toe touching the ball that means somebody else. And it's I will say for, the, relevant. for all of, I thought it was a bad decision. I, I don't think it particularly changed the outcome of the no, game. No, we should say that. Yeah, they they were, they were the better side. I mean, anything can happen, obviously, but I think they, they created the better chances. Yeah, but they didn't score them. Well, no, they, they did the second one. They did the second one, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean they're, they're, they're two best but... chances. One, they scored from cheating, and then the other one, we scored, <laughs> break uh, away, we break cleared away. it off, the, no, we cleared it off the line mm. when the ball had gone out over for a goal kick anyway, and the ref, and they, they just played on with that one, and we had to clear it off the line. Other than that, I mean... That was, Ryan Fredericks one was quite funny, actually. I watched that one back. There, I think there were, I think there were like six people in the box, actually, all unmarked and waiting for him to cross it, and instead mm. he just shot from a ridiculous angle. But that's their, West Ham's like daft, decision-making and mm. a combination of... It was a drab old game and it wasn't very fun or interesting. We weren't very good and probably West Ham deserved to win. But they weren't... They didn't batter us. They weren't... No. There wasn't like... It wasn't never going to be a 4-0 or, or anything like that. And I think had that goal not gone in before half-time, we're out for the second half with Rafinha on and Dallas on and maybe we have more about us at 0-0 than we do at 1-0 down because West Ham just had to sit back. They had the lead, so they weren't they weren't too uh, um, troubled. Just to close out the stuff on the ref, Philip quite separately picks out the divers, and uh, you know we, we mentioned it on the match ball. It's not unique to West Ham by any stretch of the imagination. Wolves were at it earlier in the season, and I spoke about on the match ball about how a lot of Premier League teams know how to basically play the refs, don't they? And I think that's one thing that across this season and since we've returned to the Premier League, I found really really hard to stomach, and does make you hate the game more when you see a big shit house like Antonio going down. 
and you see the decision given on the edge of the area. You know, was it um, Vlasic who mm. went down? Well, he slipped. The Vla- he? I mean, the Vlasic one was ridiculous. You could you could see from the the fairly distant TV picture people on the back row of overlooking the ice rink or whatever it was could probably see that there'd been no contact there. And it, it was yeah. one of those immediately we all went get up yeah. and, and then you show a replay and there was actually less contact than I thought. I imagine there'd been a, probably that? a slight brush, yeah. but actually there was there was nothing. We all, all we all know anybody who's ever played football at any level or you've watched it over a sustained period of time, you know what it takes to knock a person off their feet when you're playing football. And that's not it, is and that, it? And that's where it's frustrating as well because then VAR has to, they have to sit on their hands having seen that he's gone down under no contact while they, we set up a wall and they're like, we're going to now allow, they're now going to have a shot of goal which we know they shouldn't be able to have, but because that's not within the remit of VAR, it's just, ah, get rid. It's just shy. They've just... I think that's about ruined the, it, uh, they? the frustration is that you can go through with a, so closely on some decisions mm. and then something like that just doesn't get touched and it kind of... Um, it only adds to the unfairness that if a replay can show a player is, has got a free kick for nothing, mm. then but, why? And again, that's one of the things that, you know, if all it takes is one replay for the ref, mm. for the assist, the VAR referee to say, oh no, he, he didn't touch him, drop ball. The one you mentioned where the ball had gone out and we cleared it off the line, I think that ended up in a corner. And if they'd have mm. scored from the corner, if they'd have scored from that, it would have been disallowed and we'd have had a goal kick. If if they'd have scored from the corner, that'd have been fine. Yeah. And that's, so it's, it's kind of how far back you go. And Well, that's where I think, so building up, maybe a time limit is the wrong thing, but the VAR being just a second set of eyes so that they are in the ear of the referee at all times, the same as the assistance on the, the linesman as was, help the referee by saying, oh, that ball went out, you need to give it the other way. Mm. Because that's all it would have to be on the one where uh, we cleared it off the line and they got a, a corner, is you just need to, as it's happening, to say, no, the ball was over the line, that mm. should be a goal kick. And then you say, all right, it's a goal kick. You don't need to go, okay, I'm getting a message from uh, from from elsewhere, from the other place, and now I'm going to go and... Uh, have a look at it over here. Just trust the guy in, in your ear to say, "Oh, that shouldn't have been a free kick," and or "Or he's absolutely he's you missed it, but he's taking his legs out there." I, or... I think they are doing that. You know, I think they're giving them they are giving them in ear, but we never find out. And there's no accountability, mm-hmm. and that's the frustration. I think, but I think they are because you see, like the referees just doing that with the finger in the ear, but they're on an FBI stakeout during the game. I suspect they are giving them assistance as it goes. Well, then but, West Ham shouldn't have had that corner. But they're not telling us, but. That they're only telling him on certain things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they made it harder for the linesman because from the linesman's point of view, he's thinking, well, I don't want to put my flag up to say it's gone out because if it hasn't, if it's just stayed in by a centimetre and then they cross it and score and I've already put, and I've already put my flag up to say it's gone out. And Leeds have stopped and then there's then, a subconscious thing going on. Exactly. There? There's lots of different... If you think you've got a fallback, then you will sometimes take it, but sometimes the fallback will result in a less... That's what I was on about just, on the match ball, saying like they've, they've tied themselves up in knots with mm-hmm. all the the different permutations and the, like the psychological implications of actually just doing your job mm. at that particular moment. They it made be... a difficult job a lot worse. You know, it I felt think. like in the Euros, everyone's saying like the Euros were refereed and VAR'd a lot better. It felt like in the Euros, the refs were refing the game and the liners were doing the lines jobs as well. Mm. And then VAR was sort of just there hovering in the background if they needed it. Whereas it feels with this, like it's, it's almost omnipresent. And actually the Burnley game, to go back a week before that, it didn't feel omnipresent mm. and maybe it's different when you're inside the stadium compared to watching it on TV because it's a TV experience I guess it's the same as the VAR refs get it isn't it that it didn't feel present at all against Burnley whereas it felt like it was completely overbearing against West Ham and it was just around the corner waiting to ruin everything mm. I don't know and it did yeah well but as you said we, we can't pretend that that was the the single and cause it, and let's not losing. pretend it didn't ruin it for West Ham fans a bit as well because they all celebrated a goal then they had to sit there 
for three minutes looking at a screen waiting for it to say goal on it before they could actually go the bubbles were probably already out I think they were they were probably watching people skating around mm. weren't they um, instead in front of the, the scoreboards um, just to wrap up the other stuff then that's um, that's come in uh, Missing Teeth does suggest that Marcelo removes the bear traps from Murder Ball mm-hmm. hopefully that should prevent some of the um, the injuries Jordan suggesting that Bamford goes to Forshaw's magic hip doctor I mean Forshaw was he not out for the best part of a year after he went to the to the hip doctor yeah, in it's, Colorado it's, it's fixed him yeah but we do need Bamford back so we'll have him back in a year then if we a bit sooner I mean Marvin wants us to talk about crisps no 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 I'm not doing that okay let's talk about ITV's commentary instead which we picked out on the match ball as well it wasn't great was it and I think this goes back to what we were saying about um, was it during lockdown about the standards of it all I, I think like, we had a go at Matterface during the Euros as well Just well there's just so much I mean Matterface I think stands alone as an example because of his style of commentary I think rubs a lot of people up the wrong way if you like it, fine. I'm not going to sit in judgment. Don't particularly with his tripping out loads of facts. Interesting how they, they've matched him up with Ali McCoist on ITV, I think, because Ali McCoist is really widely liked as a co-commentator because he's got such enthusiasm and it feels really, really natural. Whereas you always feel like Matterface is going to be trotting out a line about, you know, a pun or a, a stat from five years ago or something like that. It was Seb Hutchinson in our game. Scrooge, way, it was Scrooge McCutch who sent Scrooge McCutch who sent this in. I was wondering are they the same person because he kept getting names wrong. Glick was the one in particular that annoyed people. But I think it's because there's so much TV coverage these days as well. Maybe people are, as we were saying during lockdown, maybe a touch underprepared, maybe just, you know, winging it a little bit. I mean, ITV so. don't really have much football now, so they've, they've got to kind of, they've got to kind of start it up again when they get the FA Cup games where Sky or someone have got a, a constant churn of it, so they're kind of, they're, they're more in the groove with it as it gets to the ITV a bit more like, oh shit, we've got to, we've got to actually show some football. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Part two of the show. This is where we find out what West Ham thought about the, uh, the Cup game on Sunday. And... Straight into West Ham TV, then is it, Michael? Yeah, there was, a, there was nothing much of interest to be honest. <laughs> um, they seemed a bit underwhelmed by the whole thing. In the, much a the bit same, like the game itself, in much the same way as we were. Yeah, they were like, yeah, it was, it was a, it was a good win. But this is what they had to say. <laughs> Wasn't a classic. It's not one that you're going to watch in a few years' time and think, oh, I'd watch that again. Uh, but we got the job done. 
I think we had the better of the first half. We had the better chances. Leeds didn't really offer much, did they? Yeah, I mean, it was uh, it's a bit of a tough one because obviously they've got injuries and I think they've got a few COVID cases as well, haven't they? So, um, I, think they was, I think they had a few under-23s, didn't they? Didn't they have a few of the youngsters out? So, you know, I, I, they, we knew, I, I didn't think they were going to offer offer much anyway, like once I see their lineups, I didn't know half of their players. But, um, but yeah, I mean, uh, fair play to Leeds. They, they hung in there. That's the best that can be said. <laughs> That's kind of it. It was more or less what we said, though, wasn't it? We were like, yeah, you kind of saw the team and you went, well, probably not. But never mind, let's have a look at it. And we didn't get battered, did we? Was one of those two guys the oi oi guy from last, last that's year? Just, that's just all Cockneys. That's from, <laughs> that's from the opening of the the like intro to the show, is that? Oh, yeah. Oi oi. They did sound quite similar, these two, <laughs> those two. So um did say the Leeds fans were good, though. But I've got to say, credit to Leeds fans today, though, like 9,000 come back. Well, apart from afterwards. But... Yeah, well, afterwards, but yeah, we won't, won't talk about That's it. That's football, isn't it? Yeah, but, um, you know, they, they brought 9,000 down for, to basically see, you know... Yeah, 9,000 9, 9, uh, bringing it down on a Sunday, 2 o'clock kick-off, fair play to them, you they know. Didn't, they didn't stop all game, did they? They was, uh, they was loud, so yeah, you know, fair play to the Leeds fans for, for making the journey down. How, how does your Cockney accent compare to these, Moscow? <laughs> I can't hear <laughs> a Cockney go, accent without hear, hearing your version of it in my head. We did get a tweet saying how much people enjoyed your Dick Van Dyke impression. I'm probably just as uh, Cockney as any of these people. What happened afterwards? Yeah, I was just going to say, what, what was, was the... Was there some afters? There was some... That's football, wasn't it? Did it get a bit tasty? Some some violence on the streets. There was a pitch invasion. But it wasn't a it Leeds, was, yeah. It wasn't a Leeds fan. Was it a child? No, no two grown-ups. A protester? Yeah. I don't really know uh, what they were doing. One of them was wearing like very slimline running leggings as if they come prepared. Or maybe that's just what people wear nowadays in London. Um, well, we're saying this um, almost on the anniversary of the Sheffield Wednesday 6-1 30 years ago, which you can check out on the Matchball 30, by the way. Um, that's out on Wednesday the 12th. And do you remember the uh, the pitch invader mm. there? That's what that's what immediately sprang to mind. That was all because mm. that was a lady protesting against her taxes, wasn't it? This and they showed her on ITV. They did. This was this was not quite as um, as glamorous. This was like a couple of drunk people. There were two, weren't there? Um, I think. I don't know. I think yeah, he didn't show it on TV, but yeah, I did come across this on some oh, other okay. some other footage. What people expect from doing this? Oh, I, don't, this. I don't really know, but yeah, there was some there was some bother. Was it a bit, no, the ground. bit naughty? Yeah, it was. It was. I mean, there's some. Um, it's he turned me fruit and vegetable all over. <laughs> it was mentioned. On tried, the, uh, I was only trying to sell him some antiques. I think someone had disrespected someone's mother or um, Trevor Brookings wife, maybe, and it all it all kicked off. That I like. I like, been in the family for years. <laughs> I like it that they were just they're all right with it. It's like yeah, but I think I think that's probably something to do with the new stadium that they're like. I felt nice having it kicking yeah. off outside the ground. At least something's happening. Christ, yeah. at least it's better than just going to bloody. H&M or whatever a couple across, of, the, across the way yeah, a couple Some of people shoplifting has been going down a couple of people did message me in the wake of this who went to this and just said um, one of which Ashley said um, on the heroes and villains thing you've got to nominate uh, Upton Park as a hero in a roundabout way because mm. this is just different it's a different club it's a different experience and our fans were singing to that effect weren't they like you're not West Ham anymore or whatever mm. yeah, we'll, you we'll sold get, your soul for this we'll, yeah. get, we'll get on to that in a bit right next one Hammers Chat this is uh, this was from a, from a watch along and I, I the top comment on YouTube just it made me laugh. It's, it's worth repeating. Grassum up, Upson. Grassum Upson, like Grassum Up. Grassum Upson. Grassum Upson. Grassum Upson. Grassum Upson. Grassum Upson. Oh, of course, of course. So, but in the early days of organised football, some railed against spectatorism. I wonder what they would make of a watch along. It's like dogging cubes. 
<laughs> which, I, which I enjoyed an awful lot as a, as a comment. Which is, but, why, which is why we would never, do, we won't do a watch along, will we? It's, it's not, it's not probably, for the best. Probably not. No. I don't want people doing what I do, which is picking out little <laughs> clips of, of us getting really upset. So, because I do, the stuff that goes on on watch alongs, I do, I'm not saying I don't do it. Yeah. But I just don't want people to see it. It's, it's my own private. <laughs> it's private, isn't it? It's yeah. my own private upset. And if you do it in a stadium full of people, it doesn't seem as mad. It's a shared experience mm. then, isn't it? Yeah. Because then everyone's doing it and it's like, yeah. it's fine. There's also, there's no, there's no possibility of acting natural with a GoPro in your face. Mm. Mm. There is that. But he had a go at, uh, he was going through our team and yep. he, had, he had a little go at saying Helder, which I enjoyed. Saying what? Hilde. Hilde. Uh, Ailing Lorente Hilde at Furpo. That's completely that, broken. In as, as the song goes, yeah. That's a control-alt-delete situation, that isn't it? Yeah. So, someone else, I, I didn't use any other clips of his, so I'll just drop him in here. Louis the 11th, is that right? Yes, yes. Oh, it could be it could be G. Could be a it could be a Louis Chinese G. name. Who knows? Is, uh, <laughs> is Louis with an X your mistake? Uh, yes, it is. Right. Okay. Well, that's, that's pretty cool because that does say <laughs> Louis. the it does. 11th. Yeah, that it was an S. But um, this is some YouTuber at the games. So these two young lads who were kind of just just going. They weren't West Ham fans. It seems to be a recurring theme. There are loads of people doing this. Premier League tourists. But he managed to nail Yelda only to fall down on an easy one. Melier. They've got Furpo, they've got a centre-back called Hjelde. Hjelde and Llorente, Lucalin. They've got Cock and Bate in the midfield. Cock and Bate. <laughs> <laughs> and then they've got, they've got Arison, Klitsch, um, I was about to say Reese James, um, Dan, James. Dan James, and they've got a youngster Greenwood up front. The Greenwood up front is quite good, but they've got Dallas, Rafinha, Forshaw on the bench. For Greenwood, if you're watching this, I've signed you on a couple of career modes, so respect. I know you. Keep keep me doing, keep it tight. <laughs> I love it. They've also just completely decided that Greenwood's good. Mm, yeah. They've never He's good seen, on a computer game. I'm gonna say neither of them have seen him play ever. No. <laughs> but they've decided. Oh, no, he is, he is actually good. But I like he, I like the fact that they're sort of sending it up as well, like, you know, keep doing what yeah. you're doing, you know, keep it tight. <laughs> but yeah, Bate. Louis Bate. I have to be honest though, because of you know, growing up watching David Batty, when we got him it did break my brain a bit because we spent years looking at the name Bates mm. and then my childhood references was Batty and he sort of is in this sort of hinterland between the two. Mm. I remember it, it, when he used to play for us, it was very hard to type Tom Lees' surname without writing Leeds. Yeah. Your, your fingers naturally just just go to it on the keyboard. I don't know if you found that, Moscow. <laughs> it was just something I did every single time. I'm like, no, not. Yeah, not, autocorrect with Leeds was Tom always Leeds. A, an absolute nightmare. I mean, I'm always conscious that we are um, in glass houses with a big bag of stones when it comes to pronunciation. But uh, I just like the way he gave up on it. Louis Bette is an <laughs> absolute outstanding effort. <laughs> the young French starlet. What else have we got then we've got but from these as, guys? As part of their watch-along, I think it was a, after the game they did... Uh, they did, did, did they do a watch-along from inside the stadium? Oh, no, no, this was... No, this... The Louis the... Um, Louis G was... Oh, right, um, yeah, yeah. That's separate. This is from... We're, we're back onto uh, Hammers chat now, so they, okay. were do, they were doing a watch-along. After the game, they did a quick, or it might have been at halftime, I can't remember, they did a quick YouTube comments poll about whether it should have the goal should have stood or not. But different opinions, yeah, so I was in the main. It, it is a game of opinions. But it is worth, I can't, think it's probably worth hearing the other side of it because you also realised how little they actually cared about the decision. But we can hear the other side of it and then decide they were wrong. Yes. And Gary says yes. Adam, yes. Clavage, yes. Skybro doesn't care. I'm, just, I'm a bit like that too. Sirs, Simon, yes, yes. Steve says no. Steve's the first one that says it's offside. Goal, 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 offside. Um, 
Yes, goal. Um, let's have a little look. Goal, goal. Tight, but right. <laughs> I like that face. Goal, goal, goal. Offside, goal. Goal, goal, goal. Iron saying probably should have been ruled offside. Um, Arthur saying if they check for offside, they should check for the foul. I agree with that one. Uh, Christian saying offside, but penalty. Tim saying offside. Iron X saying sort of the offside should have been a penalty. Scott saying a goal. Brad said offside. Chippy saying wasn't a goal and should be a pen. Uh, a variety of opinions. <laughs> Most of them thought it was a, a goal, and then several mentioned the penalty, which I we didn't notice, which is possible. Because it was absolute nonsense. Possibly because we've got a slight bias. What I did, penalty? What penalty? I, did, I did go back and watch it. Gelder does have a bit of a grip of him as oh, he goes past, as he turns. Just <laughs> don't even indulge these bubble-blowing Idiots waiting for <laughs> He had a similar Cockney accent to you. Though. And also, what <laughs> kind of idiot is like, goal should have stood, but we'll have a penalty. Does It's just... Shut your, show Scottish. <laughs> shut your mouth. Well, yeah, but why is he supporting West Ham, man? He should be on the Hearts train with, uh, he with was, Phil if he likes a claret. He, he was dressed like a Cockney. Well, helps. exactly. He's a wannabe, isn't he? Mm. Was he dressed like, what, in his pearly king? <laughs> I don't know. He just had like, um, he had a buttoned up polo shirt and slicked hair. He, he, he looked like a Cockney. I would uh, say. Sort of dressed like Peaky Blinders kind of vibe. Frank um, Lampard core. He dressed a little bit like I imagine the Rory Chelsea man does. Right. Which is what? How do you imagine he dresses? Like that. that. <laughs> <laughs> In a Londony Cockney way. But yeah, that was the end of them. Great. So Alex Griffin then. So we're now on to non-West Ham fan. Okay. Although he does have the the name of a snooker player, doesn't he? Yeah. Mm, so he, he kind does. of fits in. Or could have been one of those Bournemouth players. Hmm. Maybe well, the, if you, the, the, the bland, generic, yeah, generic, yeah, regen Bournemouth. But he's an Ipswich fan, so he's he's gone to this game. He's he's turned up. <laughs> You're looking at me, Moscow. Um, why would, why the, would you be confused? Of course, an Ipswich the, fan. The world's very confusing, isn't it? Isn't the guy who isn't he called Ben, who has long hair and came to all our games in the EFL and was a YouTuber? Uh, I can't remember. Was he not an Ipswich fan as well? Uh, there wasn't. There was an Ipswich fan. It's so not... what? What is it about Ipswich Town? Maybe it's a rebrand. Maybe maybe this is a rebrand. You don't no, know. They're not very good. Mm. But are they that bad that you'll just go? Can't watch Leeds. <laughs> See what? I'll drive around the country watching other games. I think, was it Benjamin Bloom? Is that his name? Oh yes, he is, he does exist. I've come across him. Yeah, and he's long hair, and he kind of because he's because he's very reasonable. Everybody sort of says, oh, he knows what he's talking about. But he's an Ipswich fan, wasn't he? He was going to game. He basically, his thing was he'd go to a game and they'd sit in his car outside and be reasonable about it. <laughs> so that was him. And now that's probably why he's never featured on this. And now there's another Ipswich fan. This one's a bit more. Thing. Do you think they're mates? Do you think this? Do on the rare occasions when they both go to Portman Road, they're like these two won't be mates. <laughs> Sitting at each like cats. Alex yeah. Alex Griffin's more of a. He's a bit of more of a Larry presence. He's like a. He's a bit more of a lad. Him and his mates. I think they've got Stone Island on, and they're like. I'm right about the snooker thing, aren't I? Busy boozing him. Um, snooker cue in his back pocket <laughs> and what have you. Um, he says carnage a lot. Whenever he was showing the footage from inside the ground. Total carnage. Like West Ham. Oh, it's carnage in here. I don't know. He's probably not a Cockney. I think. He, I think he has got a weird Cockney twang from Ipswich. But it's was not. it carnage in the Olympic Stadium? No, you could very clearly see it was just. A it goal. was when. Um, Mo Farah did that running. No, I was going to say the the guy who uh, his hamstring went and his his dad had to help him over the line in 1992. That was carnage, wasn't it? <laughs> yes. Dennis. Devon was it Devon Malcolm or someone else? I can't, like I can't remember. Trying to go back to like early um, early 90s in a different Olympic, a different Olympic stadium at that. Oh yeah, I mean that wasn't it was not built then. Um, not, the Olympic Stadium they move it from city to city, don't they? Yes. But have you seen the the one they're doing in Qatar, which is going to be they can pack it all up and take it somewhere else. 
Some of the World Cup stadiums are like that, aren't they? Yeah, well, that's that's one of them. That's what, yeah. I'm, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's not an Olympic stadium, though, is it? Is no, it? no, I'm just saying you can make a pack-up stadium. It, it might work. Brentford looks like you could. I don't, yeah. know, whether, I don't know whether you could or not. No they, one, they can pack uh, it up and take it back to the championship. I'm, yeah. on, I'm on Pinterest. I've found 20 photographs of Olympic athletes crying. <laughs> the most inspiring. I don't know. If, if that's the sort of thing that you wake up in the morning and... You need to look at some photos of athletes crying <laughs> to get you inspired for the day. I want to look at people <laughs> enduring the worst moments of their lives. Mm. Search. <laughs> oh, excellent. Anyway, yeah, what's, but so I this, can't get, uh, what, what's this this um, Mockney snooker player Griffin doing anyway? Well, he's out. He's outside. Bear in mind, he's an Ipswich fan. He's gone to a West Ham game. He's outside the ground trying to interview West Ham fans. And this is what he finds. He interviews three, three sets of West Ham fans in total. This is the first. I'm here with Luke. Yeah, uh, we're outside the stadium. Yeah. West Ham leads today. Yeah. How are you feeling yeah, for yeah. the? How, how are you feeling for this one? Excited, excited. I think West Ham could go on and do a job here today, man. Um, yeah. I think West Ham should be looking to go on and win the FA Cup. To be fair, so really, yeah, yeah. Why not? Why yeah. not? In Europe, um, yeah. Leicester last season. Like, yeah. why not? Okay. West, every club around that, around that kind of, will be thinking, why not? Let's go. This yeah. is this is time for us to go and get yeah. a title. Yeah. So, school prediction. What did you say? I think today, I think we're going to get a lot of goals. I think West Ham 3-1. Okay, who's going to score the goals? Uh, say Antonio double with maybe a Lanzini or Rice. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm going to ask you one more question, mate. Um, I ask everyone this question. You've told me off camera you're a Man United fan. I'll bait you out there. Um, so give me your favourite Man United chant. Ooh, but it's all to do with players. And... Go on, let's hear it. Um, Di Maria. There he goes again. My, my, how can he assist you? Football needs to be reset. <laughs> Shut it down. What's he doing there? What's going on? So an, Ip- an Ipswich fan interviewing a scum fan outside a West Ham Leeds game yep. to sing a song about a Paris Saint-Germain player. Yes, someone who hasn't played for Man United since, I just checked, 2015. I mean, I, you know, I don't mind people going to games. If you just want to go and watch a game of football and it's happening, and that's kind of what's happened at the London Stadium anyway that's why it's the London Stadium so tourists just accidentally buy tickets to the London football team and they end up watching bloody West Ham he does manage to speak to one um, actual West Ham fan in, okay. the, in the middle there was one there was there there was, yeah. there was one there an old boy with kind of gappy teeth he looks like a proper West Ham fan he looks mm. like a yeah like, a chicken run yeah he does look, yeah, he, looks like puck. he looks like a good Alf old Garnet. a good old fashioned Bobby, Bobby Moore like he's, he's smartly dressed um, <laughs> which I think is nice but then um so he's managed to get one, but then I think playing it safe, having been maybe scarred by the fact he's spoken to a scum fan, he goes to some people who are fully kitted out in, in West Ham gear. Oh, um, the oh, the ultras. And this is what this is what they have to say. <laughs> right, I'm here. I'm here with three West Ham fans. Leeds today in the FA Cup. How are we feeling? Excited. Yeah? <laughs> Excited? What's the score gonna be? Huh? Cheers, two, mate. 2-0. 2-0 to West Ham. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> Yeah? yeah, no, free, free nil. Free nil West Ham. Right, one more question. We'll keep it short. I ask everyone this question. What's your favourite West Ham chant song? Huh? Favourite West Ham chant? Ah, uh, West Ham to like that. No? <laughs> no, you don't want to do it? We don't know, we don't know. Like player or something? Oh, yeah. Thomas. Okay, yeah, fine. Great. I'm as confused as they are. Yeah. <laughs> Bless them. I don't think they... Is Were they quite young? Um, You've... Watched the video were, of this. No, not young. Did it strike you as like first game? Types? Probably, yeah. They're, they're very obviously tourists who've bought, they've got half and half scarves on. They've, they've kind of gone for the day. Cheap tickets as well, with it being yeah. the FA Cup. It's more, um, they're probably as bemused by that guy. As <laughs> Just thinking about I don't mind people going to the first game and all that kind of stuff. I think um, D 
dear old Mr. Griffin needs to maybe select more carefully. You know... Because <laughs> he's not got the, the real West Ham views. Assuming we stay up this year, that we push the button on redeveloping Ellen Road and we end up with a 55, 60,000 seater or whatever, starting to think we shouldn't bother. <laughs> Keep it small. Just make it smaller. Yeah, you need to show... Um, you need to have proof of either... For you, like past purchases or lineage, ideally. If you can prove like you've got you've got family, it's just let's shave off five six thousand off the capacity. Maybe cap it at thirty thousand, like like when we won the league thirty years ago. And attendances can just hover around the high twenties, and we don't have to have tourists in. It's hard because I, I don't want the revenue. I don't want to compete at the top of the Premier League. I'd quite happily let's go down. <laughs> I don't want people to, to not. League. I don't want people to not have an experience of a football game. Is the thing. It's yeah. hard, but I. I I think also if you're in London and you want to go to a football match, don't go to West Ham because it looks it looks obviously shit from the pictures. Go yeah. to like go to Charlton or something. Just there are loads of good but the Charlton, in London. But Charlton have had the sofas in the past, but have they got a skating mm. rink around the back of the mm. uh, Yeah, and they don't have a shopping centre next door. I think that's the thing with West Ham. It's kind of it's a complete day out package. You can go shopping, you can go to the game, you can do all this go to Nando's afterwards. It's an integrated leisure experience. It's that big slide that's next, why, is that big slide as well, don't forget, um, next to it. That's why this sort of thing happens I would welcome anybody to an enlarged Elland Road we just need to make sure there's room for that nobody's replaced so everybody so that you can actually find a real Leeds fan within the vicinity of the the stadium and maybe also like rapid training course because there's a lot of new Premier League fans mm. seen uh popping up I remember reading um Philemon Hay wrote about Darko Milanic on his athletic website and in the comments <laughs> on his athletic somebody said <laughs> the um, New York Times we mm, love you guys <laughs> um, in the comments somebody was saying oh I'm a recent Leeds fan I knew nothing about any of this that Chilino character sounds crazy it's like so you realise people are new to this and you want to kind of some kind of fast track education almost like a um, citizenship test kind of thing yeah. but for, for Leeds fans and obviously better than the citizenship test where you go through a brief history of what's happened, mm. petty grievances, people you don't like, clubs you don't like, reasons for it. And once you've sort of read up on that, then you were like, that, maybe it acts as a gateway before you can go through the ticket website to buy tickets. I want Probably people to... Got I want, to be the other way around. You need to get them to go first and then enjoy the day out. And then you tell them, right, actually, do you want to know why this is... You've, you've got involved in something terrible now. Wait until they're in. Right. Hook them like and then like hit them like, with the misery. Like drugs. Yeah, you need to... Uh, <laughs> Because if you tell people from the start what supporting Leeds is really like, then I spent most of the, the last decade, whenever people would say, oh, you're a football fan, I'm like, yeah, yeah. And oh, yeah, I've been thinking of like maybe going to Ellen Rover again. Don't. Terrible. <laughs> It'd be the worst decision you'd ever make getting into football. Whereas now we're in the Premier League and all that. It's kind of, it's a, it's a different equation. So you kind of, you can allow people to enjoy it. And then it's, you enrich their experience by pointing out all the reasons it's terrible. Good. Anyway, back to... That's the other thing about those um, happy hammers. They sounded far too happy. That's the thing. They're they're having a a nice time. Football is not a happy experience, is it, for the vast majority of the time? And even the the scum fan as well. There's too much good cheer there. And maybe he's done it to get away from, you know, the misery that is Solskjaer Rangnick's terrible construction. So a a day out at West Ham is just a blessed relief. Or it sounds more like he's actually blocked everything out that's happened at... Old Trafford. Do you think he's been to Old Trafford? Uh, Di Maria left. Yeah, he's been a couple of times so as a treat. <laughs> <laughs> I think the thing is, I don't mind. I don't mind tourists, but I, I feel like I want them to throw themselves into it a bit more. Yeah, that's it. And, and maybe that that was why I was wondering about if the last people were young and had that first game. No, they, were, they were like 
mid to mid twenties to the other thing, early thirties. I mean, that's the other thing. Pull up the drawbridge, it's a, smaller ground. I'm a Premier you. League, <laughs> a Premier League ticket, especially in London, is horrendously overpriced. So an FA Cup match, which I assume the tickets were reduced for this, mm. is the moment when you're going to attract people who are going, like, "Oh, I would love to go to every game because my room at home, you can't move for Julian Dix Corinthian toys." This is the only opportunity I get to actually go to a, a match. I was like, I remember going to, a, I won a ticket to go and see Leeds play Leicester and it was O'Leary's first game. And that was um, a way of getting in. It wasn't a won a ticket. You got one with, uh, if you subscribe to Leeds, Leeds, Leeds magazine, you got a free ticket to a game. And so I sat in the East Upper. So we're blaming James Brown for this then? I sat in the East Upper with an entire block to myself. <laughs> Because that's how that's, popular that's, Leeds United were last time we were in the Premier League. Because that's what you insisted upon. <laughs> right, back to the clips then. And Alex Griffin, they uh, they were impressed by us. And that's the main thing, isn't it? That's the important thing to take from any of this. Um, look, that just kicked off massively. All I'm going to say is Leeds fans were class. They were proper loud. But West Ham won 2-0. They're through West to the Ham next round. Sh- okay. <laughs> <laughs> Someone sticks around and goes, West Ham fans are shit. And he goes... Yeah. Okay. Okay. Those are the people he needed to be interviewing, isn't he? If it's all kicking off and the, the hardcore are giving it Sam, get in there with your little microphone and your camera and have a chat to some of those boys and girls. You can see where he was in the stadium, which they put a, a still in, and you can see, because he was looking towards the Leeds fans, you can see just how shit that stadium does look again from this angle mm. when you can see the massive expanse. Put the tourists in there. Yeah. If you if you fail the test, you have to watch the game from within the... Behind the fence. Within, from behind the... The, in the roller I, rink. The, I, the roller rink of shame. <laughs> you get a deck chair in the roller rink if you, if you can't prove yourself to you, know. You're them. allowed to watch it on telly, you know, put some tellies in maybe. Or, if you or can't you... identify a picture of Ludic McCloskey, you get to, you get to watch the game from in there instead. <laughs> there are a couple of other actual West Ham fans, just to quickly wrap up, who were in the press. Rob wrote a blog highlighting that, that we always get bad press out of London off the back of a West Ham game. But The Guardian sent Jacob Steinberg, who is a West Ham fan, and so unsurprisingly, the adjectives used about Leeds are unkind. Naive defending for the first goal, wasn't it? Yeah, naive defending, and then, um, but it's, uh, and also it made it sound like old, West Ham The were, old naive offside. West Ham were Brazil 1970 by the sound of this, Michael, uh, Declan Rice was always, Declan Rice was always in charge in midfield, and Marcelo Bielsa's defenders spent most of the contest bouncing off Mikel Antonio. <laughs> A barnstorming presence who was still going deep in the added time, racing clear down the right to set up Jared Bowen's clean shower. And then um, Matt Law, who is at the Telegraph, who we know better as a Frank Lampard mm. fan, was similarly gushing. Um, and he wrote that it was no surprise that Leeds uh, made a change at the break, sending on Rafinha to replace Sam Greenwood. The change did not make a lot of difference for Bielsa's team, who largely remained toothless after the restarts. And uh, just to go through, um, yeah, so according to him, Stuart Dallas, unused substitute um, <laughs> on this. Uh, older Louis Batty got a five out of ten, as Rob pointed out, probably marked down for a uh, anonymous second half performance. But um, he, left, we, he left precious Chelsea, didn't he, as well? Yeah, we, we may as well not have bloody gone to read some of the the London reporting on this. And we get to do it all again next week. Mm, Great. Mm. Um, let's go into the wider world of propaganda now then. And what have we got? Well, Michael? you mentioned you mentioned. Oh, we Rob. got some feedback, didn't we? You mentioned Rob there. He's, he's angered a Burnley fan. 
The, the, the Burnley fan who can write. David, well, he, he can write a bit because he tried. He did try to send this feedback twice. Uh, the first one was just a blank email. I mean, we've got his email address here. Should we read it out? Let's, let's, let's not. not. <laughs> He's called David. That'll yeah. do, yeah. won't it? Yeah. Um, but there was an article about Charlie Taylor, which I must admit, when I got this email, I'd not actually read the article about Charlie Taylor. I assumed we'd been much harsher about him, but... No, I mean... It was fine. David describes it as a uh, an article ridiculing Charlie Taylor, but our brother Rob did not ridicule Charlie Taylor. He just pointed out that he's not really got a lot better or worse than when he left Leeds, and now you feel like there's still some potential there and the, the kind of the villainy accusations that follow him from Leeds fans because he was booed at the game, wasn't he, because of not playing against... Wigan, it's all all feels a little bit unfair because he was young then, but it's all kind of it just seems like you wonder what would have happened if um a player who was one of Burnley's best attacking players on the day had actually gone to a club that or played for a manager that values an attacking fullback and how much more um there might be for Charlie Taylor to In other to words, do. had he not gone to a shithole like Burnley. Yeah, so it wasn't ridiculing uh, Charlie Taylor. Well, well, David wasn't happy anyway. As, as a Burnley fan, in the article, ridiculing Charlie Taylor, you seem to find the bottle missing Charlie and it's in Matt Luton quite funny. But I suppose that's your archetypal thick Leeds fan. No wonder the majority of football fans hate your club. Just can't wait to see your club implode again. Up the clarets. Thank you, David. There he is. Mm. Do we want Burnley are going to implode, aren't they? That's the thing. Yes, they'll be relegated long before we ever. Because they're probably going to be relegated, dietless, and then with some the crypto bros trying to sell NFTs of Charlie Taylor. We and the, were... uh, the the reference to the bottle was uh, as Rob wrote was um, Taylor sensibly ducked out of the way, instead feigning indignation at the crowd as if he hadn't been part of Leeds team subjected to even more vicious scorn from Ellen Rhodes fans. So he's uh, pointing out that Charlie Taylor probably had more metaphorical bottles thrown at him when he was an actual Leeds player during the, the dark years than um, anything that uh, the Burnley player who was pretending to be hurt. I mean, it did hurt him, but it, was all, it wasn't the, the player who was hit so much. It was um, his mate who was going on going, oh, go down, let's make a big deal out of this. And it's probably a bit of um, respect to Lawton in the end that he actually was like, no, I'm going to... Even though he's just him. called him Lawton when he's called Lawton. But no... Um, Lawton, Lawton. <laughs> no at respect. Lawtonet. No respect to David. Lawton. No respect to David. No respect to David. Well, thank you for getting in touch. If you happen to be listening, David, which you're probably not, but um, thank you for getting in touch. Uh, we attempted to fire back a response like that. Um, was it that Bradford City fan who you replied to saying, thanks, we'll try not to cry? Just deleted it. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't be bothered. I thought, I'll um, I'll reply to it on this. Uh, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, you've got no right of reply. <laughs> I don't want to get into um, an exchange with him, do I? Derek Redmond. Derek Redmond. Yeah, who got injured in Barcelona, the runner. Yeah. But he was in the same Olympic stadium. Uh, that they moved to Barcelona for that. Yes, the 1992. I am going to persist with that really, really His hamstring suddenly yeah. tore and then his dad came and helped him off the line. And we're signing him as a striker in this window. Um, right, let's do, well. do something more about Burnley. Yeah, well, just just to stick with him, I thought we'd have a look at our relegation rivals, two of which managed to get a bit of a, an embarrassing defeat in the cup. Burnley lost to Huddersfield. And so going back to Tolt Burnley, he was pretty down after we beat him and it's not gone much better for him. <laughs> We have Leicester next, then Arsenal. We also have Liverpool sometime soon and Man United. We are fucking woeful. We are going down. <laughs> Good. You can't go down in the cup. No, but they are anyway. So, yes. that's, so that's one relegation place taken up. That's good. Yep. 
I'm looking to Newcastle as well for the next one. They did, do, you, do your duty, lads. Yeah. They were very much the leads of this round, weren't they? Losing at home to Cambridge. And they didn't rest players either. They did it with new new signing in the team. Uh, got rid of Steve Bruce. Obviously, that was holding them back. They've got rid of Mike Ashley. Might be signing Chris Wood. There's a good. They might be signing Chris Wood or one of another dozen strikers. They, they're very much taking the approach of like just putting in bids for everyone, I think, because they <laughs> need someone. But yeah, they managed to lose to Cambridge with a full strength side, which was which was funny. So Magpie TV here giving their his verdict on Newcastle. Willick is an absolute joke. He is so bad, man. What is going on with him? Does he need no fans? Do you want to go back in the lockdown so Willick can play? How is he that bad? How is he that shit? Julian on the day, poor, say maximum, poor, no end product from anyone, no idea, no identity. It was just so painful, so painful to watch. Sell out game the day now, sell out game, freezing cold January. And we were that bad, we were so bad, so, so bad. Well, at least we're constantly on getting relegated now, eh? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> at least he's having a laugh with it. I don't think he's having a laugh, I think he's quite miserable, um, mm. which is good because it's. I didn't used to mind Newcastle, but frankly, they all deserve to go down now <laughs> after um, after being so delighted to be taken over by such bastards. So, or not, or an investment group, uh, yeah. depending on which which way you choose to. It could be an investment group full of bastards. That's also true. Yeah, mm. um, but yeah, that's good. So they're so they're they're both accepting their fate. In our investment group, we've got LL Cool J. I happened to get some Spotify spat out some LL Cool J when I was driving uh, in the way in this morning. I felt that was a nice little join up of brands, you know. Mm. Very nice. But I think with them, between Burnley and Newcastle, I mean, Norwich and Watford will accept going down anyway. Did they Norwich won. play in the FA Cup this week? They did. They had a fortunate win against Charlton. Okay. And I know Watford lost 4-1 to Leicester. Yeah. So that's kind Wat- of... Watford and Norwich know they're going down. They, they don't, they don't well, even care. I mean, Watford aren't even in the relegation places yet, are they? Yeah, but they're, they're, more, just... than, they're more than happy to go down. They'll yeah. volunteer for it if necessary at the end of the season. If we just say we don't want to, they'll go, oh, it's, it's fine. I'm just trying to put a little bit of a optimistic light on our position because we have four teams mm. below us who were all convinced that they're going down and there's only three relegation places available anyway. So exactly. Leave them to fight it out, I say. That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. We've mm. already got Norwich and Watford. They'll, they'll go down anyway. It's fine. They're not even bothered. And then Burnley and Newcastle are both saying they're down too. So we're fine. Yeah. It's, all four of them are down. So that's the good. Great. That's the positive to take from that, the week. That is the it's high been a great end. FA Cup weekend. <laughs> that's the high to end on for this episode of Propaganda. We've got the uh, the main weekly show to do after this one. So look out for that. Where the West Ham preview, eh? Where we, where we do. Yeah, where we do Leeds United news, which we've got some actually, some actual Leeds United news, probably concerning injuries. We preview West Ham. Anything interesting to say about that? Oi, <laughs> oi, etc. And we will be picking the week's heroes and villains. So we'll, we'll see you across on your feed on that show in a bit. Look out for it. The Square Ball Podcast. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.